0: Welcome good evening, everybody. Welcome along to uh, a big kickoff rugby podcast. It's that time again where we uh, discuss all things uh, rugby. We've got Six Nations, we've got Gallagher Premiership to talk about, we've got Women's Rugby to talk about, and we're going to talk Iron Farrell as well. I'm going to throw that one in all time. Um, joining me, I'm delighted to say I have uh, Debbie Debbie Knight. Uh, hi, Debbie. Hi,
1: how
0: are you doing? Very well,
1: yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Remembering to
0: talk about rugby this evening, not cricket. Yes, yes, you were on the big kickoff cricket podcast yesterday with your cricket, uh, I won't say your cricket gear on, but your cricket hat on. Uh, Brilliant as ever, but no, it's a different ball game this time. Uh, We will be talking rugby, and we're also going to be talking red cards as well. We're going to throw that one in, because there's been a huge amount of red cards in the last few weeks, uh, but I'll come on to that shortly. And I'm also delighted I've been joined by... Uh, Liz, Liz Cartwright. Hi, Liz.
2: Hello, are you OK?
0: Yeah, fine. Yourself?
2: Good, good. Yeah, all good. Thank you.
0: Great. Super. Right. So, lots to cram in. Uh, let us start then with uh, Six Nations. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> let's start with Wales and England. Um, I'll bring Debbie in straight away on this one. Obviously, the big talking points were the two controversial tries, Um Knock-on or not knock-on, deliberate knock-on, not deliberate knock-on. I'll come on to the second one as well. But, Debbie, what was your thoughts, first of all, on this, uh, well, the try that was a knock-on or wasn't a knock-on?
1: Um, first of all, I'd say I think it's really regrettable that we're talking about the referee rather than the, the triple crown, um, which is what we should be talking about, really. Um, I would say that if Nigel Owens tells me that's a knock-on, that it's a knock-on. The referee has come out and said he made some mistakes. He hasn't said which mistakes he made. Mm -hmm. I think actually a few of Maro, I'm gonna be biased towards Maro as a Saracens fan, but I think a few of Maro's penalties were debatable. Um, Mm -hmm. So he could be meaning them. but I, it's regrettable. I'd rather be talking about Alan Wynne-Jones lifting that lovely shield than talking about the referee.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll go along with that. First of all, I 100% agree with you. I think Wales deserved to win. Uh, forget about two tries. Forget about England did peg them back. And at mm. that point, you possibly felt England had the momentum. They could well have gone on. But as in the past, it's happened time and time again. Silly penalties. And that's really what's cost England in the past, hasn't it, Debbie? It happened again at the weekend and it's happened in the past.
1: I mean, they, they scored with Callum Sheedy. I'm so glad he was back to his best kicking. I am English, by the way, not Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so glad he was back to his best. They kicked three penalties in eight minutes after after we drew level. You know, you, you cannot win a game giving 14 penalties away. Don't care who you are.
0: Yeah, I... I... Spot on. I mean, all right, you you can debate some of those penalties. All right, I know again it's you know down to the officials, etc. But you are right. At the end of the day, look, it's all about discipline, isn't it, more than anything else? And as I said, England really got themselves back into that match, and you know, they did have that momentum, and then all of a sudden, 24-24, you think, yeah, you know, Wales were looking a little bit rattled, if it had to be said true, but to their credit. They hit back well, didn't they? And uh, you're right, Debbie. I think overall, you know, let's congratulate Wales for a start on on a triple crown. I mean, people before the start of the Six Nations were turning around saying, well, it's between England and France, you know, forget about the rest, etc. No, no, you weren't. No, 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 no. I totally agree with you. I wasn't including you in it. A lot of people I talked to did. I mean, us in the media, let's put it this way, uh, blame us in the media. We were more (laughs) edging towards, look, it's England, France, and if anyone else can get the better of them, congratulations. And look, that's exactly what Wales have done. Um, Liz, let's bring you in. Um, You know, we're talking Wales. uh, Deserve triple crown winners?
2: Yeah, I think they've been consistent, haven't they, all tournament? I mean, we've not. We've not been at our best. Um, Whereas I think, you know, key individuals for them have really shone. I mean, Alan Wynn's obviously been fantastic for them. And, you know, we look at like Reece Samet as well. He's classed, you know. All my feed seems to be about at the moment. It's just him on everything. You know, and rightly deserved, you know, he's been fantastic. And I think it's really given him that opportunity to shine when you know, in other circumstances, he might have not been able to do that. So, um, yeah, I think they've been brilliant. And obviously it was gutting at the weekend, but I think individual areas did cost us and that threw us off from the beginning, those two tries. So, yeah, can't take that away from Wales. I thought they were great. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, they're well on to, to doing it, aren't they? Which is a hmm. shame, but fair play to Wayne and his team. I think they've been brilliant. So, yeah.
0: Well, they should do because, um, well, they got... Uh, Italy next haven't they, in the next yeah. uh, couple of weeks and again I'm going to talk Italy in a few minutes time actually you know no disrespect no disrespect to Italy but at the end of the day you know you'd expect Wales to go there and get five points wouldn't you
2: absolutely yeah mm-hmm. so now
0: what was your take on the other try we, we t- we're talking about the knock-on try <laughs> let's knock that on the head excuse the pun um were you know it was Owen Farrell right to complain that England weren't ready
2: no, I, yeah, I can are you talking about the second try, yeah? Yeah, yeah, second, yeah, Yeah, no, I can I completely agree. I mean, you know, we all saw it go forward, and even himself, even the player himself was was stunned. You know, you could see by his reaction, that's been made into a me now, hasn't it? But yeah, his face like it was a picture and fair play. What can you do if you're on that side? You're gonna you're gonna accept it, aren't you? You're not gonna intervene. But yeah, I think I think it was the wrong decision ultimately, and obviously now the ref has come out and said that he made mistakes like Debbie said like we don't know which ones but yeah it was quite clear that it wasn't and you know even the even the commentators themselves on the game you know um I've forgotten the bloke's name now the Welsh presenter he even he even said um, the same thing, and he he was gobsmacked, wasn't he? So I think yeah, it, it just kind of rubbled them. And I guess that's what happens in in games like that. Sometimes that does go the way, and you've just got to be on your ball and and not give as way give away as many penalties as we did, and maybe the score would have been different. You know, there was a lot of yeah, ill discipline, and and that was a shame. So. Yeah, but I I did think it wasn't a try. Um, so yeah, and I wasn't the only one to think that. From my media, like everybody else seems
0: to agree. So yeah, Debbie, there's been quite a bit of debate um, about Marrow, mari Toji giving away penalties. And all right, look, I, I, I think I know what your answer is going to be to this, but I will I will ask it. Do you feel he's getting a little bit of bad press at the moment? I mean, everyone knows Maro Toji plays. To the limits true because he's that type of a player isn't he i mean do you think he's getting justified criticism or not
1: five penalties in a match gotta get some criticism hasn't he um yeah. i thought i read there's a very in, interesting article actually by james wild talking about england are playing and are angry while they're playing and, mm. and that's actually not doing them any favors whatsoever they're You know, their knees, there doesn't seem to be anybody that's actually saying, and I'm not going to swear now, but you can imagine the word, stop doing that. You've got to stop doing that. You know, Marrow is an intelligent man. If he can see that he's going to get, he plays right on the line. Mm -hmm. If he can see that he's got a referee that isn't going to accept that, just hesitate. And I know that's hard and it's not really within his nature. I do think the apparent deliberate knock-on, I, I, I find that one.
2: <laughs> yeah. So if we, take,
1: if we take that one out and if we take the one where he moved away from, from one of the, the mm. things he got penalised for, I think, I think you were talking about the, the first try, weren't you, where, yeah. where the time was off and then he blew it back on. I was worried at the time by the way in which Owen spoke to him and i think if you set a referee against yourself against your team by doing that and and it's it's only human nature that that will happen if you're if you're potentially rude to the man hmm. um he is going to go for those marginal char- charges isn't he hmm. but no i'm i'm not going to come out and i think i think marrow is one of the few world class players in that england team um but it, he, he you can't be giving even three penalties away as too many if we take away the two dodgy ones. Yeah. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, the, we had substitutes. Three of the substitutes gave a penalty away as well.
2: Yeah, they did. That's true, actually, yeah.
0: Yeah. So we, uh, well, this is it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I must hate and tell. I'm not blaming everything on Mara. I'm just, you know, yeah. emphasising the point that uh, <laughs> someone's going to be picked on, aren't they? Of course. <laughs> Uh, if yeah. you get if you have a match like that with a load of penalties and all of a sudden you look at toji Pimpick it, it you know after a free or four, And because it's he's that obvious. good as
2: well, isn't it? Yeah, 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 oh, it, yeah.
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean that is going to happen, isn't it? And that's what is happening. Debbie, I'm glad you mentioned Ian Farrell. Um, <laughs> again, there's, there's been criticism. It has to be said by, put my hand up again, the media. Um, about Owen Farrell's captaincy. Now, do you feel personally it's time for a change? And if so, who would you have as an England captain right now?
1: I, you know, I've watched Owen play rugby for years. I would not have had him as the captain in the first place. Mm. I think I'm loath to have someone that plays in that position. I know that Johnny Sexton takes captaincy, but there's so much on their shoulders to start with and then you add in Owen's personality and actually I think he's probably quite a shy bloke really but he's also quite an angry bloke mm. um who would before all the penalties who would I have picked as captain I'd have been looking at Marrow Mar- 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 <laughs> Mar- sorry Marrow but possibly Jamie George is, is another uh, mm. possible I think um I don't know that anybody else stands out. I mean, I do. I, I must give a positive for England. That's the eighteen tackles that Tom Curry made. We're talking mm-hmm. negatives, aren't we, at the moment? Um, I don't know. What, what What do you think? Who would you see as an England cap, potential England captain? <laughs>
0: it's It's di- It's difficult, Debbie, because you, I've got a lot of time for Owen Farrell. To be perfectly honest with you, um, you know, he, I think when you're a captain. Whether it's you're a captain of a rugby side, a football side, a cricket side, even, it's not just all about on the field, isn't it? It's it's off the field as well. You know, a lot of it is how you handle people, and you've got to remember a lot of the watching public uh, when they were allowed in grands or watching on television, etc. A lot of them don't realise what happens in dressing rooms, do they? They don't realise what happens on training grounds. They don't realise, you know, what happens off the pitch as well. So in that aspect of it, I have got a lot of time for Arane Farrell, and I always have had a lot of time for Ryan Farrell as well. Um, is there a true real leader in that side? You know, if if, if you sat down and look at that side, I, I mean, take, i take tell you, again, I, I take your point with Marrow, um, you know, forget about his penalties, if he could curb that, but if you'd want somebody to probably really G people up and get that side going, you're right. You know, he would probably be number one on my list as well. So, but at the moment I, I look at that side and I sit down and think who would be a leader, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. And, and I, I, I find it difficult at the moment, Debbie, be, be honest with you, you know, now that's uh, now that isn't me getting out of the question. <laughs> it's me being <laughs> honest, being honest with you as such. Um, Liz, I'll yeah. come on to you. You can help me out No, No. <laughs> um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, okay. So first of all, then, Owen Farrell, yeah. do you feel it's right criticism, or how, you know, how would you go along with it?
2: I don't know. It's it is it's a real difficult one. I don't know. But also going back to Marrow, like. I think, you know, with Eddie, like, is he going to drop him now that he's made that many, you know, that many mistakes? Like if it was, if it was somebody else, you know, um, we saw with Ollie Lawrence, like he hardly touched the ball, you know, Eddie wasn't happy. He, he put him down to it and, you know, like he, you know, he then dropped him. So, you know, if you're, if you're going to be like that, do you then drop someone as good as Marrow? Like obviously, you know, people make mistakes and I'm sure he's realized that when he's looked back at things, but, yeah, it is it is hard. And and I don't know, because like you say with all the off field stuff as well, like it's hard. He seems to do a a lot of stuff like you'd expect as a captain, you know, when you watch the O2 inside line videos and things like that. Like he seems like a leader off the field. But you're right, like being being on the field, I don't know whether he's he's that kind of guy that you need. I like J- um I like Debbie's idea on Jamie. I think mm. I think he's um he's got potential there, but it's it's giving these people opportunities, isn't it? And then mm. You know, when you look at the squad, there's not been that many changes, has there? So, you know, maybe maybe a couple of other people need to come in and kind of mix it up a bit, you know, particularly for the last two games. I think it's, it's just been, yeah, the consistent same team. But actually, in terms of performances, I don't think they've been at their best since that World Cup, you know. And it's a shame because I think they had some really, like, brilliant moments like this weekend just gone. And I think some of the the rugby that they played was fantastic and as good as what they did, but it's not consistent and you know only Eddie can make that change, but it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? And and the players of course as well. So I don't know, it's Mm. it's a hard one. Um I'm not sure who else you could bring in to kind of to be that leader. It's very hard, isn't it? Um it'll be interesting to see what he does next weekend and who he who he brings in and then who goes home this weekend, obviously back to the premiership and that kind of thing. And then also going back to that, like the players that they have had in this squad, they've not used them. You know, you look at Paolo Odogu and the performance that he put in against Bath mm. and he's had no game time whatsoever since then. And, you know, ben not had an awful lot of time either and Malins and stuff. And you think, well, you know, they could be doing stuff for their clubs. And ultimately, I know, I know like, you know, they need to be given... Um, they need to be given a chance but obviously yeah there's other people in there that maybe have played better but if you're not prepared to take that risk now then when are you going to because the World Cup's in what two years time Mm. so yeah that's my view on it I don't know it's a tricky one isn't it like Mm. we're all just well yeah us too I like in the media and stuff (laughs) isn't it But yeah that's my thought on it anyway
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh dear well, we'll let Eddie make the decision. After all, yeah, you know he's let's. in the hot seat <laughs> as well, so it's it's over to you, Eddie. Um, now, look, I mentioned about Italy. Um, mm-hmm. I've got to talk Italy, uh, Debbie. Again, this old sort of chestnut's going to come up. You know, Italy. How many games have they lost in a row now? I, I've lost count now, actually.
1: I think they've won one since 2015. That's right,
0: yeah, which is a hell of of a lot of matches. And to be fair, they probably haven't really looked like... I know they've been close a few times, but it's just, you know, getting over the line as such. When you look at the stats so far in this Six six Nations, they are conceding... Well, they've conceded 139 points. Now, if you average that out, that's over 46 points a game. That is phenomenal. I mean... (laughs) Now... Again, I said about the old chestnut, should we have relegation? Is it now time, perhaps, for the next six nations to say to Italy, look, you know, come on, guys, you've been in for goodness knows how many years now, I've lost count. You haven't really improved, to be fair. Let's bring in somebody. Um, Would you go along with that? Or am I being a little bit harsh towards Italy?
1: Well, you know, I I sat down to write an article about Italy, and I started out with the opinion they needed to go down into that next European competition. Mm. By the time I'd finished, I'd actually changed my mind. Um, Really? Yeah, I had. I think, you know, uh, it was actually something Joe said that made me go away and look, you know, about the fact that they've got all of these project players. Well, no, they haven't, actually. And they're bringing through an awful lot of very good talent at the moment. Um, One of the blocks, of course, to them not being in the Six Nations is the fact that they're a shareholder in the company. Um, Mm. So how do you say to a shareholder in that company (laughs) on your bike? (laughs) um, I think for the good of the competition, that they should probably have a playoff game against the team that wins the league that's underneath them. And I think that they'll win that game. Um, I don't think Georgia actually are as good as Italy. I think at the moment, in spite of those results, they've got three or four players that would grace any team, I think. They've missed Bram Stain and Jake Palladry in this Mm -hmm. six versions. Um, They missed the young um, scrum half who was in my dream team at the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, without the French scrum half. Um, But I... It's that people are not going to get stopped with saying it, but then they've got to realise they're shareholders.
0: Yeah. Mm. It's
1: not quite as simple as they're not winning games.
0: No, it's a very good point, actually, because I'm glad you brought that up, Debbie, because I don't think a lot of people, even listening to this podcast, would have known that, to be honest with you. Um, well,
2: I didn't. I'll hold my hands up and say I didn't There
0: you go, then, see? Even one there person there on it <laughs> didn't know it either, so there you go. You've enlightened uh, Liz as well. Debbie, no, no. To me, all joking aside, that is a very valid point. You're yeah. right. I mean, you can't just say to a shareholder, "Well, you know, thanks very much, uh, Italy," but <laughs> off you go. Well, fine, we're pulled out, and all sorts of repercussions. Yeah, you are 100 right, actually. So, interesting point. Um, we're going to move on now to the Gallagher Premiership. We're going to talk red cards because there's been a huge amount of red cards uh, in the recent weeks of the Gallagher Premiership. Um, there was one match that had three red cards. Um, there was another game that potentially could have had a red card that I was at, a Harlequins Quinn's game. Um, aside from that, there was three... There was red cards galore, on, and there has been. Now, all of these red cards have been about uh, shoulders, interfaces, into faces, into whatever the case may be. Debbie, I'll come to you first of all. Do you feel... Obviously, players' um, health and everything else has got to be main priority. That's understandable, yes. Uh, you know, and I think referees are, are only going by the law, etc., as well. But do you feel perhaps they're going over a little? You know, they're going overboard a little bit too much now, or is it a fine margin?
1: This is a subject that I'm actually quite obsessed with. Um, <laughs> so I get myself on the RFU website normally on a Wednesday or Thursday to see the results. <laughs> Before the COVID break, there were, I think, eight disciplinary hearings. Six of them were sightings. Yeah. And I called my, I wrote an article and I put details and I thought, does sir need to do some homework in the two week break? I think sir did some homework and I think they red carded the people that needed red carding. You know, it's it's an entry level of six weeks if you hit someone's head with your shoulder Mm. without fail. It can't be lower than that. It's a mid-range entry. Um, That tells you it's serious, doesn't it? The people that need to get it right are the coaching teams and the players. For me, giving the red cards was getting it right. Mm. None of them were given a lesser ban with any mitigation in any of those instances. Poor Jack Yeendor has got a completely unblemished record in over 200 games. So rightly so, he got his 50% deduction. But all of them were proven to be correct red cards. So no, mm-hmm. I don't think they need to do it differently.
0: Liz, what what what's your what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I completely agree.
2: I think, you know, when you look at it, some of them are flipping reckless, you know, and we're talking about concussion and, you know, um Look at the article that came out with uh, what was it? Steve Thompson was his name, mm, yeah. and yeah, the the serious issues that have happened with him. You know, we can't keep going on like that. I think, and I so I think it's fair enough that they do need to be carded. Although I think it's consistency. There was a oh, there was a game. I might have been. Could have been the Exeter Saints game. I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head, but I do recall there being a game and there should have been a card and there wasn't. And I did think that was unfair because ultimately he did hit his head. But also if we're then gonna, you know, card people, then we need to make sure we're having those HIAs as well, because ultimately you're only doing half a job. If you're binning off the player that's done that, but you're not then checking on the on the player welfare of of that person, then I think that's wrong. And that needs to be looked at because we've seen a lot of instances incidences like that. And yeah, that then has a has a poor, poor outlook on it, doesn't it? So yeah, it's gotta be you've got to do both parts to it don't just do do that part um, so yeah that's my that's my take on it but i do agree like they were they were shocking weren't they they were quite concerning when you when you looked at them so yeah it makes sense that's why there's rules in place for a reason but yeah
0: and i think uh, i'll go back to debbie's point i 100% agree with what debbie was saying yes and also it is down to the players and the coaches i mean you know yeah. you talk to coaches you talk to players and They've got to learn, haven't they? It's as simple as that. I mean, you know, you come. That that they know if they go in with their shoulder, there's a chance. Well, certainly they're going to get a card. It could be yellow. It could be red. I mean, that is the risk they take, isn't it? It's. It's. This is what they're going by, isn't it?
1: It's actually the the cards to me are designed to change player behaviour. How how many players do we see get taken out in the air these days? Yeah. Unless you're unless you're John O'Ross. Backing into somebody <laughs> which he did at the weekend he got a week ban as well by the way this week for his yellow cards. Um, we don't see because players now they don't risk taking a player out in the air do they no. they have to, it's, it's designed to, to change player behavior. Mm. You, know, you, you know you can cue the game's gone soft co- comments on all of the, the social media things. no it's not the game's gone soft it's we want people to carry on playing. We don't want the Parliamentary Committee that's looking at brain injury in sport to say you can't play rugby, do we?
0: No, no. 100% spot on. I 100% agree with uh, both comments, girls. So 100% on that one. Um, Let's look at the Gallagher Premiership. Forget about red cards. Um, Harley Quinn's improved form, uh, Liz. I mean, I'm not saying saying it's anything to do with Paul Gusgard going, but look, at the end of the day... This team, they won four in a row. They could have won yeah. five, but obviously Newcastle picked yeah. them, so to speak. But they mm-hmm. do look an entirely different side now. And, and when I've been covering them in particular, the players look a little bit more happier. It's as though there's a huge weight being taken off of their shoulders.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's funny you should say, because I did an article about it and I spoke about Marcus Smith and I said, you know, they they just look like they can express themselves yeah. more. I don't know. It's like... Obviously, there is a game plan, but it looks, it looks less structured. They seem very free flow. They seem happy. You know, they've all got smiles on their faces. Not that, you know, they didn't as much before, but they just definitely seem to be able to express themselves and, and I think they're playing really well there I, I didn't I didn't see the game at the weekend because I had the Leicester game on but yeah I um I saw that wasn't it by they lost by a point wasn't it it was pretty close yeah, yeah so basically. yeah small margins and that but no I think I think they've improved a hell of a amount, and I think Marcus Smith and the other guys like you know Mike Brown and Joe Mahler I think they've really stepped up and I think you know you can see that and um, yeah I'm excited for them I think they look good and it's just interesting, isn't it? Because everybody thought all oh, Gustav coming in would really would would change everything, and actually, by him going, like it seems a bit different. So I don't really know what's gone on gone on there. But yeah, they seem happy. I'm I'm pleased for them as a as a neutral. Um, you know, I think they look good, and it'll be exciting to see how they carry on. So yeah.
0: You mentioned all those names in there. Probably one guy who I've been so impressed with this season, and to be fair, Queens have as well. Is Will Evans? I mean.
2: Yeah, turnover after
0: turnover. This guy is top looked, like,
2: isn't
0: he? Yeah. And remember, he came from the same stable as Alex Donbrand.
2: Yeah.
0: Exactly the same through Cardiff as well. So you know, mm-hmm. well done to well done to him. And obviously, Alex Donbrand is playing well at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh Debbie, what is it? A case of do you feel that you know, Gus has gone Um at the moment? Remember, Queens. Uh, it looks like uh, they're not going to appoint the director of rugby till next season. They've given the range, so to speak, to you know Jerry Flannery and uh, the coaches, uh, Nick uh, Nick Evans, etc., as well, and yeah, I mean they seem to be thriving, don't they?
1: They do. I think it it reminds me of Man United a few years back, looking at a different game. I can't think who the the manager was that left. Um but but they they suddenly they, the dre- he obviously didn't have the dressing room, did he, Paul Gustard? Mm, mm. Um, Danny Care spoke about it on That's Rugby right. Union Weekly mm. um, and was very honest about things actually. And they are a, they are a team that actually are a joy to watch when they're on form, um, and uh, they needed to be able to play what was in front of them. It's an interesting thing to put that onto what's happening with England at the moment, really, mm. because. It, they're, they're not playing what's in front of them either, are they?
0: No, good point.
1: Is, it, is what's happening there too prescribed? It suggests it was at Harlequins. Um, you know, it's got, I love it's great seeing them in third position. Mm. Long may they stay there.
0: Mm. The real test is going to come. Obviously, they've got you know big matches to come. Talking of which, let's quickly look at the <clears throat> excuse me weekend fixtures coming up. Uh, Leicester against Irish, South against Newcastle, Bath against Exeter. A tasty. Uh, West Country Derby, there. Wasp, they're at home to Gloucester. Worcester against Bristol and Queens, they're at the Stoop and they're up against uh, Northampton. Uh, Liz, some tasty crackers there.
2: Yeah, massive. Um, Obviously, I am a Leicester fan, so I'm hoping they do well (laughs) on Friday. Um, Don't know though, like London Irish have been a bit hit and miss, haven't they? So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Leicester weren't brilliant last weekend, but I think their defence is improving. Obviously, the scoreline didn't reflect that really, but when you look at it, I think they're making making big yards, you know. And I'm and I'm excited, you know. I think Steve Borthwick's come in and really changed their the way they play and their attitude. You know, they just seem up for it. They seem happy. You know, they look like they're enjoying their rugby again, which is good um other fixtures that stand out uh what 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 other ones did you mention my brain's uh, like
0: Gloucester, <laughs> Gloucester Worcester Bristol Queensland, and Northampton and Sale and uh, Newcastle
2: Quins and Northampton will be interesting cuz i watched that game at the weekend against Bath and um the saints were on fire like they were so good um you know and then just dropped off in the second half. I don't really know what happened. Like, my parents are Saints fans, and they were, like, livid, you know, because they'd would they done so well. And then to just kind of throw it all away in the second half. And fair play to Bath, like, Spencer and Dunn, like, had had brilliant games um, for that last half. I thought they did really well. So, um, yeah, tasty fixture. And obviously, yeah, who did you say they're playing? They're playing Quins.
0: Uh, high, uh, yeah, high Quinns. Yeah, North
2: Yeah, so that Absolutely. will be interesting because Quins are obviously... Mm. You know they'll be they'll be back at home. Not that that doesn't make a huge difference because there's not as many fans. But yeah, I think it'll be exciting. Let's um, yeah, I I I don't know. It'll be um a good fixture though. That's for sure. It's exciting to have it back. Like I think there's been, you know, people aren't so they've not been so bothered about the international side of things. But the Premiership still seems to be kind of flying high with some of the fixtures. Don't get me wrong. Some of them have been difficult to watch. You know, but that's, you just go with the peaks and troughs, don't you? But, yeah, I'm excited. I think it should be um, a good weekend, so, yeah.
0: Brilliant. Debbie, what's your take on those uh, forthcoming pictures uh, this weekend?
1: Let's mention Cornish Pirates against the Saracens first. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not forget that starts this weekend. Yes, it does. <laughs> I,
0: I'm, I'm going to come on to that. I was going to come on to that. Don't worry.
1: Um, I, I think uh, the one that I'm probably most interested to see is actually Quinn Saints. Hmm. Um it, Talented young English rugby players yeah. up against mm-hmm. each other. Um, you know, a, a Saints uh, before we had the COVID situation last season looked on fire, and then they, it completely went from their game. Um, so I think that's that's will be my highlight. I think I don't, I don't know that we're going to get all that much of a game between Bath and Exeter. Thirteenth Sam Simmons try, just <laughs> probably. Oh, um, definitely. Not that, not that that will make any difference um, I, I'm loving watching them um, and I find myself yelling at the TV on a regular basis even though my team isn't <laughs> featuring at all but there we are my neighbours must <laughs> think I'm mad <at. laughs>
0: Debbie um, we've almost gone uh, uh, 35 minutes without talking Saracens but we're going to change all of that so go on then, go for it <laughs> This weekend, well, go for it.
1: <laughs> about this weekend. We've had some good news as Saracens fans in that um, City Index are obviously paying some sort of fee into the pot so that we can actually watch these games, our home games, for free. Which oh, is right. Right. wow. Um, <laughs> and we can pay £10 to watch the away games. Um, I'll be honest with you, I didn't very much enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy, you won't be, won't be surprised to hear the Trail Finders Cup. That wasn't the best, really. Mm. Um and I didn't. I didn't watch the warm up match. I, I watched the Premiership games. Um, I'm looking forward to it. You know, we've got our silly boys from the Barbarians nonsense back. Um, that made a bit of a difference, to say the least. We had eight players out there. Um, Cornish Pirates is going to be an interesting one to start with. Actually, I think they're going to be quite a strong team. Um, I'm sure that the club won't be taking them any of these teams lightly. Mm. Um, They'll do so at their risk, I'd say. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Brilliant. Um, Liz, going to come on to you. We've got a few minutes left. Um, Mm -hmm. I was going to talk about the Rugby World Cup 2021 for the ladies, but unfortunately, that's been delayed by a year, isn't it?
2: Yeah, which is such a shame. But then I was talking to a player today, actually, because I was interviewing somebody. And it's interesting because I think it could be a blessing in disguise you know like mm. it might really help to you know drum up that support ready for next year i mean hats off to all the people that have tried to put it on because it's such a shame you know they've had to work tirelessly you know to to try and get it to happen and obviously that's that's not now going to be the case but maybe it is a blessing in disguise and actually you know Having all that fan, all those fans and the support, you know, that might be just what they need next year. And if we can drum it up now and get them really ready and pumped for it, I think that really could be quite fantastic. Like I spoke to Simon Middleton a couple of weeks ago and he was saying, you know, they're normally pretty good at getting the fixtures on the TV and that kind of thing. And, you know, they don't normally see that when they're in that bubble because they're so in that zone. But as soon as they step out on that pitch and then they, you know, it really excites them. And, you know, being on the TV and then finding out about that, maybe that's that's what they need. So, yeah, it is really disappointing. And obviously I am gutted because I was looking forward to it. But there's there is going to be next year and let's hope you know we can get fans over there if if covid you know lets us do that but yeah that's it is what it is isn't it that's that's life at the moment things have been up and down with a lot of stuff hasn't it um it's just a shame obviously they've managed to postpone other tournaments they've managed to keep other tournaments going but yet they've had to postpone that one as late as they have but Yeah, that's that's for another another time, I guess, because it's (laughs) quite heated, I think. But yeah, it's
0: what it is. Indeed. But I'll echo your point there, as you say. uh, Yeah, let's uh, get some fans back into a ground at some point. Let's cross that will happen, whether it be World Cup or (laughs) Mm -hmm. Gallagher (laughs) Premiers, internationals or anything at all like that. Liz, Debbie, thank you very much for, t- for participating this evening in the Big Kickoff a Rugby podcast. We will be returning in a few weeks' time when we'll be um, discussing Wales well, Six Nations uh, victory, I expect, and uh, a few other things as well. Gallagher premiership. We'll talk about the championship as well. See how Saracen started off and um various other stuff as well girls thank you very much thanks so much once again um look after yourselves thanks very much for joining us uh, i've been peter moore and we will speak again soon